0: Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the precious gift it is to have your word. Lord, we thank you that you also give us insight into your word by your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we ask, we beg that you would give us your Holy Spirit's power this morning. As we look at your word together, we pray that he may exalt Jesus Christ before our eyes. May we cling to him for salvation as a result of looking at your word together here this morning. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, this last week we had the Kids Club and it was quite an enjoyable time. Thank you for all those who have prayed for it. We had many children come and we had children even come not from just within our own community but also from outside uh, the community here. And this was quite obvious with one particular little girl because we walked down to the park at one point in the middle of the day to have some games down there and to have a barbecue lunch. And as we're walking down, suddenly she exclaimed to the other kids around her, I can see the sea, I can see water. And all the other kids that live in the community just went, oh, right, well... That's kind of obvious. We see the sea on a regular basis. Here in Moines we have a large body of water that we pass on on all the time. But for this little girl who lives uh, more west in Sydney, uh, it was quite a surprise to her. It was like seeing the beach, seeing the ocean. To see the bay down there and to see the water there was quite an exciting thing for her. Now, large bodies of water can be exciting, as it was for this little girl. But they can also be a fearful thing, As well. If you're trying to get away from water, it can be quite a scary ordeal to be surrounded by water, to see large bodies of water. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Looking at a large body of water and two groups of people and how they reacted to this large body of water. What it ended up being for them. How did we get to this point in Israelite history? Well, We start the Bible at Genesis with Adam and Eve. God creates the world, then he creates Adam and Eve. And then from Adam and Eve, eventually descended is Noah. Then there's a worldwide flood. And then from Noah, you eventually get Abraham. Abraham has a son called Isaac. Isaac has a son called Jacob, who is also renamed Israel. And then Israel moves from the land of Canaan down to the land of Egypt. Basically his son Joseph, uh, one of the uh, sons that end up becoming the 12 tribes of Israel, one of those uh, sons, Joseph is down in Egypt and he provides food for Jacob and his family when they need it because of a famine in the land. So they move down to Egypt but then the Pharaoh who knew Joseph and liked Joseph dies and a different Pharaoh is raised up who persecutes the Israelites. And then, of course, the Israelites uh, cry out in their persecution, their slavery, and God sends Moses. Moses then brings uh, command from God to Pharaoh and tells Pharaoh repeatedly, Let my people go, or there will be plagues upon this place. Pharaoh refuses and eventually these ten plagues happen, and the Israelites are allowed to go. And that's where we pick up the story today. The Israelites have left Egypt, and we're in uh, chapter 14 of Exodus. If you've got a black church Bible there, I encourage you to open it up to page 67, page 67 of the black church Bibles. And we pick up in chapter 14, verse 1, which we just had read to us, Where the Israelites are fleeing from the Egyptians and then we see the Egyptians' response as they change their minds. And that brings me to my first main point this morning. If you want to follow my main points, they're printed on the back of the church bulletin. My first main point this morning is the Egyptians were put to death in the sea for rebellion. The Egyptians were put to death in the sea for rebellion. God had repeatedly commanded the Egyptians to let his people go. And finally, as I said before, the Egyptians did let the Israelites go. But then we see in this passage that the Egyptians changed their minds and they rebel against God's command to let his people go once more. And we see that in verses 5 through to verse 9. We read in verse 5, When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he and his chariots made re- he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took six hundred of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh king of Egypt so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Parharith opposite Baal-zephon. We see the Egyptians change their minds. And why do they change their minds? Well, they're concerned for themselves. We see that they have lost the services of the Israelites. That's what it says in verse 5. They changed their minds about them and said, "What have we done? We have lost the Isla- we've let the Israelites go and have lost their services." they're suddenly concerned for the fact that they had all this free labor. And now that free labor has just evaporated. And this was a substantial force. It was probably about 2 million people uh, that the Israelites numbered that had left. Uh, Of course, uh, not all of them were uh, hardworking men. There would have been women and children as well. But there was a substantial amount of people. Imagine that if you had a, a group that size. That was working for you for nothing, and then they disappeared. That would be a great hurt to you economically if that was to happen. And so the Egyptians are concerned for themselves and they decide we're going out to recapture our slave force that we have had. But then we see that they are unable to do so because They pay the price for their rebellion with their deaths. And we see that in verse 21 through to verse 28 of Exodus chapter 14. Page 68 of your Black Church Bibles, Exodus chapter 14, verse 21. Then we read, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong wind, east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, Let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. So here we see this large body of water becomes a source of great pain and death to the Egyptians. Because of their rebellion against God, they pay the price by their death in that water. So that's the Egyptians with their encounter with the sea. What about the Israelites? What do we see happens to them with the sea? Well, that brings me to my second main point this morning. The Israelites were saved from death. The Israelites were saved from death. We see the Israelites responding as they see the Egyptian army in a number of different ways, and we see what happens. When they see this Egyptian army come, They firstly they cry out as they see the potential for death, that they will be slaughtered or at least taken back to the land of Egypt and enslaved once more. And so they're scared, and we read that in verse 10, of Exodus chapter 14, page 67 of the Black Church Bibles, Exodus 14, verse 10, we read, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. They are terrified. They are scared for their lives. They are thinking, we are going to die. We are trapped by this body of water. This body of water is a threat to us because we can't go through it. And then here we've got this Egyptian army coming as well. We are going to die. And so they cry out and they struggle with sin. They think it's actually better to go back and be enslaved by the Egyptians than it is to flee from the Egyptians and go to the promised land that God has commanded them to go to. It would have been better if they'd stayed there in slavery in Egypt, they say, rather than go, be set free, be redeemed from slavery in Egypt. But then we see that God's servant Moses tells the Israelites to stand firm and let the Lord fight for them. We read in verse 13 Moses' response to this people's cry. Verse 13 says, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. We see here that Moses, as God's servant, is there to encourage the people to stand firm and to simply let God do all the work. Did you see that there in verse 14? The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. You don't need to do anything. All you have to do is be still. Another way of translating that word still, as the ESV has it, is quiet. All you have to do is be quiet and let God do the work of saving you from death. And then we see that God fulfills this promise. We see that the Israelites pass from potential death safely. And we read that in verse 21 and 22 of Exodus chapter 14, verse 21. It says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. And then we read in verse 29, But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. We see that these Israelites were saved from death through the water. They were able to pass through. The water was no longer a threat to them. The water was a place of safety for them as they passed through it and it then killed the Egyptians, their enemies, as they pursued them. And so we see that the Israelites then respond to God for this salvation that they experience. How do they respond? We see that they fear God and trust him. Verse 31 we read, And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. So we see these Israelites respond in this in this part of their history, we see firstly that they cry out as they see potential death. We see that they are encouraged to stand firm and they do so. We see that they are brought safely through. And then we see that they trust God, they fear God and trust him as a result of that safety that they experience from death. So this is an interesting part of Israelite history. But how does it apply for us today? What is the lesson that we can learn? from this part of Israelite history. Well that brings me to my third main point this morning, which is a focus upon Jesus and how he mirrors what happens here with the Israelites as well. My third main point this morning is Jesus was saved from death. Jesus was saved from death. We see Jesus follow a similar uh, response as he faces death as the Israelites experienced as well. In the Gospels, we learn about Jesus and his life, and as he comes to his death, as he knows he is going to be arrested and put to death, we see that he does indeed cry out. Just like these Israelites cry out to God as they fear for their lives, we see Jesus also cry out. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 teaches us that Jesus cries out to God. It says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death and he was heard because of his reverence and mission. Jesus, we see, struggles with the possibility of shrinking back from the death that he is to experience. As we see that in Luke chapter 22, while he's in that garden of Gethsemane, he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. What's that cup? The cup of God's wrath, the death that he is to experience. And he says, Lord, if you are willing, take this cup from me. But then we see that Jesus also stands firm. We see that he is encouraged by one of God's servants to stand firm. Who is that servant that comes to Jesus as he's there in the Garden of Gethsemane and encouraged? Well, we also read in Luke 22 about that servant. We read, Jesus says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. We see, just like those Israelites were told to stand firm, In the face of great death, and they did so, we see Jesus do so as well. He says, "Take, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. But then he also says, yet not my will but yours be done. He shows that he has the willpower to stand firm. And then we see that he also has an encouragement from a messenger of God, from an angel who comes to him in the garden and strengthens him. And then we see in the life of Jesus that he passes through death safely. The Israelites, of course, did not die in the sea, but Jesus does pass through death. He experiences real physical death at the cross, but then, of course, he is raised to life. He passes up from the grave, as the New Testament tells us. And so we see that he is saved from death, unlike the Egyptians, who were not saved, They're not redeemed from the grave. And we also see that Jesus trusted God. Just like the Israelites trusted God, we see that Jesus, he is one throughout his life that trusts God. And Hebrews 3 verse 2 tells us that, that he trusts God. He says, he was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus was a man of faith in God. He trusted God. So that's Jesus. That's, I think, a good... Uh, example of how the Old Testament points to Jesus, that he represents God's people in the New Testament. He is the new Israel. And just as the old Israel was redeemed from the grave, from death, so we see Jesus redeemed from the grave as well, crying out before God, before his death, but ultimately trusting in God and being brought through death. But that's Jesus. What about you? What can you learn? from this passage today. Well, you can be saved from death as well. That's my fourth main point this morning. You can be saved from death. You can be saved from death. Like the Israelites, you should be afraid of your death. Just like these Israelites cry out before God as they see death coming, you should also recognize that one day you will die. And after that you will be punished for your sins, for your rebellion against God. And you can cry out to God. You should cry out to God as you face that death. Now you may in your cry to God think that it is better to stay and enjoy the pleasures of this world and not swear allegiance to God. Instead, you want to rebel against Him. You think that it would be easier for you if you Don't face the persecution of being a Christian in this world. The insults that come against you. The potential death that you might experience for being a Christian. And so instead you you echo this cry that the Israelites have here and you say... Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. You may think, better to serve Satan, better to serve my own sinful pleasures than to experience persecution in this world, to experience possible death for my sins. And so you... Consider it's worth to to ignore God, to not follow him as you should. But like Moses was there to encourage the Egyptians, so God's servants are here to encourage you today, to stand firm and see what God will do. God's servants are in the scriptures, of course. You can read and be encouraged by reading the Bible, to stand firm and see what God will do. And God's servants are around you, servants like myself, standing here today, telling you, Yes, death is scary, but stand firm and see what God will do. And many of the other people sitting around you here this morning are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, are servants of his, and would love to tell you, if you are fearful of your death, they would love to tell you to stand firm and see what God will do. And if you do that, if you stand firm and see what God will do, you will see that God will bring you through death safely. If you trust God, you can be brought through death safely. You can unite with Christ in his death by faith. You can actually die with Christ. And that's what that passage tells us that we heard read for us earlier. Romans chapter 6, a very important passage in the Bible. Romans chapter 6, page 1116, 1116 of your black church Bibles. one thousand one hundred and sixteen. Romans chapter 6 verse 1, where we begin to read about how we can die with Christ and be brought from death safely. Romans chapter 6, verse 1, we read, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. It's a wonderful thing. If you trust in Jesus Christ, you actually die with him at the cross. The death that you deserve for your sin is poured out upon him and so you are redeemed from death. Just like the Israelites were baptised, into Moses they were saved through water so you can be baptized into Christ's death if you only trust in him and that's what Paul teaches us that the Israelites were baptized through that water 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 we read for I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact brothers that our forefathers were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea you can be baptized as well, but baptized into Christ's death. If you will trust in him, you die with Jesus Christ. And if you die with Jesus Christ, then a wonderful thing happens. You are also united with him in his resurrection. And that's what Romans 6 continues to teach us. After verse 4, we read verse 5. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his but the life he lives, he lives to God and you live with him if you will trust in him. That's all you have to do. It's like the Israelites were told. Just be still. God will fight for you. That's what it means to be a Christian. You don't earn your salvation. Christ has done the work for you. He has paid the penalty for you. You just be still. Be still. Be silent. Be quiet. And trust that Jesus Christ has died for you. And so like the Israelites passed through the sea of death for the Egyptians, and it would have been death for them too if God had not held the waters back. So Jesus Christ has passed through death with you if you will trust in him. You die with him if you're a Christian. You are buried with him and you are raised to life as well. Which means that through trusting in him, you are saved from death. And then you go on to do what the Israelites did. You fear God and trust him. You fear to displease God as a father. No longer fear him for the wrath that he may pour out upon you. But you fear to displease him as a father. And so you also trust in him. You fear him and you trust him. Just like the Israelites we read in Exodus chapter 14. Trust God as a result of seeing the hand of God, the power of God. It says in verse 31 of chapter 14, And when the Israelites saw the great power of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. As you consider Christ and the great power that God has shown in punishing him at the cross and redeeming him from the grave, the power of the resurrection is an incredible power of God. As you see that, and you see that you die with him and are raised to life as well that death is no longer a threat to you, it's simply an exit into the next life, then what should you do? Fear God and his power and trust him and trust his servants just like they trusted Moses. Trust those who tell you about Jesus Christ and start to serve God. So you can be like the Israelites and be saved. The Israelites are an example for us to follow. Or you can be like the Egyptians. And that brings me to my fifth main point this morning. People often behave like the Egyptians today and follow their type. My fifth main point this morning is you can be put to death for rebellion. You can continue in rebellion against God, just like the Egyptians, and follow your own sinful path. You can be like the Egyptians and fear for your own economic prosperity, just like they did by losing all those slaves. You can fear that if I start to follow God, I will be persecuted. I will have to give up some of the things that I cherish. And I won't do that. And so like the Egyptians, you can make war against God and against his people and think it is better to serve the Egyptians than to serve Christ, to serve Satan and serve sin than to face possible hardship for following Christ. But if you choose that, remember what happened to the Egyptians. They prospered for a time, yes, by rebelling against God. But then the plagues came and ultimately their whole army was destroyed. And you too will be punished eternally if you rebel against God, if you persist in rebelling against him. So what will you do? Will you be like the Egyptians or will you be like the Israelites? Will you cry out to God in your sin and in your fear of death Will you listen to the encouragement of God's servants to let Jesus work for you by his death, to simply be still and see what God will do? Will you pass through death with Jesus by trusting in him, being baptized into Jesus' death? I don't mean water baptism. I mean baptism into his death, being immersed into his death so that you die with him. And then if you do that, will you fear God and trust in him and trust his servants as a result of seeing that power? So to speak with our God now, let us pray to him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful part of your scripture that shows your great redeeming power, the protection that you showed for your people but also your wrath against the Egyptians for their rebellion against yourself. Lord, we thank you that they point, the Israelites here and the Egyptians, they point to the time of the New Testament, to Jesus himself. We see how Jesus cried out before death itself and how he was strengthened and encouraged by your servants and how he passed through death safely. Yes, he did experience real death. He did experience real pain. He experienced real wrath of yourself, but he was brought through it, and we see that by his resurrection. So, Lord, we pray that we may go with Jesus Christ to the grave. May we die with him, be buried with him, and be raised with him and pass through death safely. May we be redeemed from Satan from sin, and Lord, may we pass through death safely and live in fear of you as our Heavenly Father and trust you and trust your servants for the rest of our days. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.